You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Run It Back. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Run It Back on the Kansas City Sports Network. I'm your host, Jasmine Halliburton. And joining with me for another week is none other than Sophie Dilly. Sophie, thank you so much for coming in what feels like an early Sunday morning, but it's really <laughs> almost noon. But I appreciate you coming in regardless. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I love doing this. So I know we're going we gonna to jump into it. And I did not have a show last week. You know, things be busy around here. So I apologize for that. But... Where it is, well, not where it is, we know what happened. Fortunately, K-State did not make the NCAA tournaments. They, I think they were very much on the bubble. They lost to number two, Houston, on the road, which is really unfortunate. You know, kind of K-State hasn't had the best road record this this season. But I honestly, it was at a point where I don't even know if, even if they did win, that they would have been able to go to um the ncaa tournament they should have i still like because sophie you and me we had like a 20 minute discussion about why they should make the tournament so regardless of whichever it was i think that we think that they should have made the tournament but i don't think that's where the chips were going to fall even if they did win against against houston but i was i was going through this you know last week like thinking why didn't we make the tournament yeah, we talked about RPI last time, uh, and I was going. And I was going through the list, right? Because I was trying to see at least, you know, what are the like, what are their Big Twelve teams? You know, made the tournament. Obviously, you know, Texas, obviously BYU, Baylor was in there, Iowa State is in there. Okay, cool, whatever. But the one that took me took like you know made me take a back was TCU got it, and K State uh, yeah. finished above TCU in the Big Twelve standings. So I was literally about to, I was about to flip this table. Like, why the hell is TCU in? And one, we split the series against TCU. I have a better record than TCU, and we are we are placed above them. I think one spot in the in the Big Twelve standings. So I was like, why the hell does TCU get to be in the conference, like in the uh, NCAA tournament, and K State does it right? But I had I actually I actually had to look and I think I I think I know that answer. I think I do know that answer. TCU had a much stronger non-conference than we did. They didn't have anything that like, you know, necessarily like huge, huge like wins. Like they didn't have like the upset wins essentially, but I think they played like what three more games than K-State did. Cause I think there was like another tournament. Um yeah, another tournament to start the season off that they were in. And they they played teams like number seven Minnesota, number two Wisconsin, uh, Coastal Carolina, Georgia. Those those are the type of teams they played to start the season. Uh, Texas, Hawaii, Florida State, and then going into conference play. K State, I think we only played what Nebraska and uh, Rice. Those I think were the <laughs> biggest schools that we played in the non conference, and in that. I think that essentially became our downfall, Sophie. Yeah, and so you hit the nail right on the head because I actually watched the selection show and I just knew our name was going to be called. And so I felt really silly when I sat there and was like, where's K-State, right? Like, I didn't even know what happened. I was pretty stunned. Um, 
in TCU, you you said it. That is the one that absolutely shocked me because they have a really great resume with that non-con, but I feel like our resume is just as strong with the upsets. But I, our downfall, I think, I agree, was the non-con schedule. And then we had like three really, really bad losses, like to, to really terrible teams. And I think that ended up being our downfall. But it just, it's a bummer because I don't know if that should necessarily override all of the upsets and the fact that we beat like six teams that are in the tournament and we swept some teams that were, in the, that were in the tournament and then we didn't get swept very much. I think that's another big thing. We went down to Houston and we didn't get we didn't get swept. We took a set. And so I guess I, I still have some questions about it. But moving forward, this might prove that if Kansas State really, really wants to make a push in volleyball, they know that they're capable of doing so. But I think Jason Mansfield, the rest of his staff, they need to sit down and realize that in order to get your name out there, maybe we need to have that stronger non-con schedule, take some risks like, you know, men's basketball, women's basketball is doing right now and really get our name out there because we deserve to be in the conversation. But I think we just faded into the background a little bit. Exactly. And I'm like, I'm, I've talked about this before. Like, I'm not a fan of recency bias. I'm not like, I'm not a fan of it, but when you're focusing on something that was so early on in the season, I know Sophie, like, you're right. We had some losses that, respectfully, you should, you should, it shouldn't have been losses, right? Lost to um, Oklahoma, who was winless in the Big 12 at that time. We lost to Lipscomb early early in the season. And there was another, another Cincinnati, loss. Cincinnati, I think. I think it was Cincinnati. That was yeah, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah. They finished below us in the Big 12 standing as well. Thank you, Sophie. It was Cincinnati, right? So, but now they know. Now they know what's up. I I don't know fully how the scheduling goes. Uh, I feel like every sport is different. And these schedules were more than likely determined. It could have been like three years ago, right? And Coach Mansfield mm-hmm. doesn't have any control of that. But if he has the option to have some control of it next year, we need to see what's going to be done because... Like even even though TCU did not like did not win a lot of these games against these like bigger teams, like they um they they lost to number seven Minnesota, they lost to Wisconsin, they lost to Coastal Carolina, they did beat Georgia, uh, they beat Utah State, and they did and they did beat, you know, Texas A&M in like in these early season conferences. Okay. I I do like understand that. But then when they got to the Big Twelve, you know, TCU is still is a really good team. That was a really tough tough two games when we had to play mm-hmm. TCU to start our uh, Big 12 conference, right? So I am like, TCU is a good team. I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm not saying that they de- didn't deserve to go either. I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm trying to see yep. like where the, the where that discrepancy was for where K-State couldn't go and they did. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, if you add an extra Big 12 team in like in the NCAA tournament, bro, that's juice, right? Like, yeah, exactly. like that's, that's straight up juice, right? And I was actually, and I was looking like at the at the tournaments and everything, there was yeah the Big Twelve teams that I named obviously Texas, BYU, um, Baylor, Iowa State, and and a uh, TCU. So right now looking through, because like, I think they've already gone through like, at least two games, and Texas is actually the only Big Twelve team left in the in the NCAA tournament, which kind of stinks, but it's. Still makes making that argument because I'm like I'm seeing I'm seeing these teams I'm seeing like you know where some of them fall and everything like that some of the matchups. K State I think K State would have done would have done well. I'm not gonna lie. I understand probably the first couple games would have been on the road and they have not been great on the road, but I still think they would have they would have ran some tables. K 
considering yeah like like who they got on this team and how much they've improved throughout the season they the tables would have been turned i truly i truly and utterly believe that sophie they like they'd have an opportunity yeah and i think that's what is so hard to swallow for me is the fact that i wish we could have gone just to see what we are most capable of because in order to get to the sweet 16 you only have to win two games which i mean only that's that's difficult, but they always say that the first game in the round of 64 is the hardest to win. And so I think that if we could have got past the round of 64, I think we would have been in the Sweet 16. I don't know if we would have advanced past that, really just depending on what bracket we were in. But we could have gone and done something for ourselves. And it's just such a bummer that we weren't able to prove that. Um, but I hope that lights a fire under our team, under our staff, just really to to promote K-State Volleyball and and want to be on a national stage we proved it in the big 12 right but now it's time to take that to a national level absolutely and i think that is going to light a fire because there was some pretty big news from none other than Aaliyah carter where she posted on instagram of you know her all like k-state everything she says essentially i can't say it on camera but essentially that she's gonna run it back and if y'all recall, a couple of weeks ago, I had Aaliyah Carter on the show. I was asking her, I was like, hey, yo, it was, it was right after it was right after they swept Texas. All right? I was asking her, I was like, yo, you got you got a COVID year? You got an extra year? And if so, is are, are you coming back? I, I, I asked her straight up right here, like how we talking right now, Sophie. I asked her straight up and she was telling me that it's like she never she didn't say a full no, I'm not coming back. But mm-hmm. she was telling me like, no. And I think maybe I'm gonna leave it up to you know the younger girls coming up behind me. I promise you, even my like even my producer who's like who's behind the scenes, Nick, he heard and we were like, that sounds like she's not coming back. Yeah. And it sounds like she's going to go into the transfer portal as you know uh, as a grad or a grad transfer, and literally could have the opportunity to go anywhere she wanted. Yeah. <laughs> literally anywhere she wanted, she would get that opportunity. But after posting on Friday that she's pro- that that I think that she's going to run it back with K State, you don't know how happy that makes me because oh, yeah. Jason Mansfield, like this is this is just year one in the system. <laughs> exactly, this is, this, is, this is year one in a system that one he actually changed halfway through the season. <laughs> okay, okay, like this, like this is a system that. With another with another year with these same with these same players, obviously Aaliyah Carter coming back. If it's truly truly official, it, that's exactly what this Instagram post looks like, y'all. When one hundred, that's what it looks like. That she's coming back. Boom, one of the best players in the country. All right, boom, check that right off the list. You have a Nia Clinton who's the, who's going to become like one of the best players in the Big Twelve. Okay, you have mm-hmm. Izzy Trofeski who was just an all around ball player. Okay, she's like she's going to be back. And then, of course, you got Brenda Schmidt going to be solidifying the middle as the middle blocker. Okay, you got a lot, a lot to be building on, and it just makes it so much better now. Now that Aaliyah Carter is coming back, I don't know who else Jason Mansell is going to dip out of the transfer portal because he was able to do that already with a couple people with this team. Obviously, Izzy Shulczewski, and then, and then you have Liz as well. So it's going. I'm I'm excited about it because this get back is this get back time is going to be something else now that she's coming back. Yeah, and, you know, at first I was like, man, we're losing a group of seniors. That's huge. And um, the people that were winning the Big 12 awards, you have Aaliyah Carter, Sydney Boulding, Mackenzie Morris. 
But with Aaliyah coming back with Anaya Clinton, those two were our offensive weapons. Brenna Schmidt can secure the middle, like you said. Sydney Boulding will be a loss, but, you know, Brenna Schmidt can step up. And then we have Simone Sims, who will probably step into that libero role unless Mansfield gets somebody from the portal. So while those seniors are a loss, I'm not too worried about it, especially with Aaliyah Carter coming back. And I'm so excited for next season. No, it's going it's going to be insane. I because obviously because you because you mentioned it, Sophie, losing losing Mac Morris, that that is gonna hurt because she was one insane. She she led the Big Twelve in digs this year for what feels like she's done literally every year that she's been right. at K State. Is she like if she was not the top like if she was not the leader in digs, she's literally like top three. Like if if that if that she's top three, right? But that's just. It's something that is going to be built off, and it just makes me feel better. I know this team had an opportunity to be good next year, but now knowing that Aaliyah Carter seems like that she's that she's coming back, I'm sorry. There, there's, and there's no, and there's no way they like not only Aaliyah Carter but the team as a whole. There's no way they're gonna they're gonna want to miss that opportunity of going to the NCAA tournament again. I, right. I truly think they're going they're going to remember sitting at that selection show waiting to hear their name called, and it wasn't. I know, I know that hurts. <laughs> like, like I know that has to hurt, right? And that's a, that's a feeling that they are not going for, to forget. And that's why every, everybody's going to have to watch out come next season. You feel me? Everybody's you, your head on a swivel because you've got to come to the morgue and you got to deal with a team that is pissed off. And I don't think <laughs> anybody wants to do that. But thank you. But we're going to just go to a quick break. First and foremost, we got to shout out Home Field Apparel, any K-State gear. You need any T-shirts, hoodies. Hats, whatever the heck you might want, please go to homefieldapparel.com. And also need a shout out to Studio Wax. From head to toe, need to get rid of some hair and hit up my girl Kylie. Studio Wax right there in Manhattan. We'll be right back on Run It Back on the Kansas City Sports Network. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Hey everyone, this is BJ Kissel. We'll get right back to the show. I just need a minute to share some important news, but as always, thank you for the support. The KCSN Foundation just launched our third annual Soul of KC Holiday Raffle and Toy Drive, and it benefits Operation Breakthrough's Christmas Store. This campaign has raised more than $35,000 over the past two years, helping provide a better Christmas for kids in our community. And it's simple. We sell raffle tickets for a chance to win any of the more than 20 fantastic prizes that we have available this year. It's things like a Travis Kelsey autographed full-size Chiefs helmet or a Chris Jones autographed jersey, a George Karloftis jersey. How about a Patrick Mahomes autographed mini helmet? We've got gift cards to local restaurants like Capitol Grill, Mission Taco Joint, or Third Street Social. You can find the full list of prizes on our social media accounts, or you can click the link in the description of this show. Again, all of the proceeds go to buying presents for Operation Breakthrough's Christmas store, and you can get tickets now through December 4th. Help us continue to help others, because that's what the KCSN Foundation is all about. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Run It Back here on the Kansas City Sports Network. Of course, we've got Sophie Dilly with me. And of course, I'm your host, Jasmine Halliburton. Talked a whole bunch about K-State Volleyball, how this is going to be a very pissed off team coming back to the morgue next season and a very pissed off Aaliyah Carter. And pissed off Aaliyah Carter is what we love to see. All right. But now we moving on to K-State women's basketball, who's, bro, I, we, I, we talked about it. I talked about it a whole bunch. This is a team that's, they on, they on a different type of time. They are, they are on a different type of time. They're already, what, 7-1 this season, I think, if you count. If I did count the, uh, the game they just had against Jackson State. And this is a team that is not playing scrubs in, to, to start the season. They, this, is, this is a tough non-conference schedule that they're playing and they're at 71 they are currently ranked 14th in the country and deservedly so honestly you could argue that they could even be a couple places higher to be honest you like you really truly can but they they've been on one Sophie like we like we thought they would be everyone knew what they had last year even though going into the WNIT and getting three games in in the WNIT even the team that was 0-11 on the road all season, they, like everybody knew. Everybody knew. It'd be like, I think I see something, y'all. Like, like, like every everybody with a set of eyes and who knows ball could see, like, nah, something, something's going to be cooking here. And, of course, you, that last year not having Aoka Lee and now having her back this year with a team that knows how to play, not, like, only, like, completely through her, but, like, you know, around her as well, you know? So... They just went through a tournament last weekend in Florida. Uh, a lot of games were on flow hoops. Uh, that just seemed like a way to for a lot of people to not be able to watch their games, uh, which kind of sucks. I'm not going to lie. I have no beef with flow hoops, but I just have beef with me not being able to really watch the games. That's all. That's all I'm upset. But uh, they, this was a tournament that, once again, did not have any scrubs in it. Uh, Western Kentucky, they it was game one. Honestly, I don't know about Western Kentucky. They're probably good, but considering who else was in this tournament, including K State, 
to see, um, I'm not sure, I think it was 16th ranked North Carolina, and then obviously mm -hmm. number five, Iowa. So this is a tournament to where they can't just let anybody <laughs> in right now because they're like, these like these teams like four like three out of the four teams in the tournament are are ranked like top twenty. That's like that's insane. All right, so he like you know good and well. This ain't gonna be no for no scrubs, right? But they're able to get game one win against Western Kentucky, seventy seven to sixty one. K State defense once again being the absolute clamps that they are. Western Kentucky shot thirty three percent from the field, fifteen percent from three. That's cheeks, but that's what the K State defense will do to you. All right. Then game two, they beat uh, number sixteen North Carolina, another another ranked team other than Iowa that they that they played this year. So I really, really enjoy how that game turned. They beat them sixty three to fifty six. Once again, clamps North Carolina thirty seven percent from the field, and oh, this is a fun number ten percent from from three, ten percent from three. They hit two two shots out of twenty from the three point line. Wow. Clamps, all right, clamps. And then now to the bread and butter of essentially the tournament, which I want to say was for the tournament championship game. I was like, hey, they beat Iowa again. How many teams can say that they, you know, have to play Iowa twice in a span of what, a week and a half? Yeah, 10 days, I think. <laughs> yeah, like, like, that's, like, that's ridiculous. And once again, we, like, unfortunately, Iowa was able to get this one, so... Cats are still up two to one in the series. Okay. But they're able to get this one. And once again, looking like looking through it, I didn't get to watch the game because once again, it was off low hoops. And two, I think I was working that day. But it was a game that was a no cakewalk for Iowa. I honestly, I don't think Iowa wants to see us. I'll, I'll be, I'll be fully, completely honest with you. Iowa did not want to see us. I know they got the one third time that they played us, but ish wasn't sweet out here. <laughs> when it, like you, it wasn't, it wasn't sweet at all. They won 77 to 70. It was essentially a tight game, pretty much the whole game, just like the other two were. Okay, uh, but Iowa was just shooting better, and what I mean, Iowa was shooting better. Just Caitlin Clark was shooting better because she's literally over fifty percent of their offense. All right, they shot uh, forty-two percent from the field, thirty-seven percent from three. Caitlin Clark had thirty-two points, six assists, and five rebounds, and seven three-pointers. So the only time that she looked like Caitlin Clark, the first time she looked like Caitlin Clark was the third time around against this very same team that has essentially had her under 25 twice, which is very unusual for her, right? And then Serena Sundell, she's been really cooking, bro. Serena's been cooking. She's averaging like 18 points a game in like the last, like, I want to see what, two weeks or so? She's really been cooking. But this is a team that their confidence after playing Iowa twice in like a week and a half spin, after playing another ranked team in UNC, and actually, and this is a this is a North Carolina team who played against South Carolina, literally the like one of the best teams in the country, and actually went toe to toe with them, right? And so the in case they to be able to get the win against them, this is a team that's the confidence is just increasing with every single game. So, and this is a team that can compete with anyone. Give us anyone. I don't I don't really care. I want to see any team in the country that you have because I guarantee that we can play them tough. In that Iowa game, I was actually able to watch it through like this Twitch stream that my co-host's roommate found. Um, and so we watched the first quarter and this is something that just speaks volumes about this team and their resilience specifically. Iowa was up 27 to 15 
after the first quarter. And I know it's you had three quarters of basketball left, but after one quarter, being down 12, you're like, oh, this is tough. You know, that that you can either just roll over or you can stand back up and say, you know what, we're coming back. And then um, we outscored them 23 to 12 in the second quarter, and it went into half. And um, I believe we were tied or down by a couple. But then here's what happened, Jasmine. Our, our stream got banned in the third quarter. And when it got banned, we were tied. Oh, and three minutes later, when we were able to reboot, refresh, and get back on, we were down by 10. And so I don't exactly know what happened there. So we blame Twitch for this loss, actually, respectfully, of course. Um, but yeah. And so essentially, we could just never crawl back from that 10-point deficit, whatever happened in like two and a half minutes. Um but just such a fun game to watch. And you said it, Serena, this was Serena Sundell's tournament. I'm sorry, she ran that. She ran that in every single game. I don't think there was a player from any team in that tournament, really besides Caitlin Clark, of course, that really could stand up to what Serena did. So I was just so excited for her. And then again, Gisela and Ziana off the bench were just huge contributors, as they always are. And and the other player that I really want to highlight, and we'll I'll talk about her more in the Jackson State game, but... Jalen Glenn is on a different one right now, and I just don't know where she came from. Um, she's always been a great defender, but you know what? Like, she's just picking the perfect season to peak right now. It, it, junior year might be for Serena and Jalen. My goodness, honestly, I'm so glad you brought her because we will talk about her more when we get to the Jackson State game. But I know before we get to it, because I'm excited to talk about Jalen Glenn because, like, <laughs> like she's just been my MVP for like ever now. But I know Serena. How you said, like, she she ran that tournament, bro. <laughs> like, she, like, she ran that tournament. She had 21 points, four assists, two blocks, six rebounds in game one against West Kentucky, all right? She had 16 points, five assists, five rebounds in game two. Look, man, you have these stats, I'm saying, all right? And then the win against North Carolina, right? And then she had 18.6 rebounds, six assists against Iowa. This is cooking, man. Like, she, like, she is cooking. And it's so, it's so great because, honestly, this is not a this is not a surprise. I know sometimes her being able to sink a couple threes here and there is a surprise because she's not really known for being a, a three point shooter. Mm-hmm. But you saw her growth as a scorer become like more more uh, highlighted towards the end of last season. Uh, right. She's started being a lot more aggressive, getting to, like getting to the bucket, like using using her size because she's like she's a tall guard. She's one of the few tall guards in the Big 12, if not the country, right? Like a true lanky guard. So she's able to use her size, use her length to get to the hole. And you can see her doing that. Like, she's not scared at all. Like, she's like maybe she'll get blocked. Maybe she'll get hard, like fouled hard and get to the free throw line. She's not scared at all. And that's what I, we love to keep seeing because then that's going to translate to everybody else too. And, and just seeing, because also seeing it more so now, because we might as well just go right into like the Jackson State game. Again, this Jackson State is a good team. <laughs> like, like, let's like, let's like, let's not get it twisted. Yes, they're they're the swag. They're you know HBCU school. But I was watching. I was watching the game. I was rewatching it this morning because I had to. I was at work when they were playing before on Friday, so I was rewatching it today. And like, Jackson State had a lot of D one transfers on it. <laughs> like, and I saw how they were playing. I was like, okay, they. They kind of they like they kind of good like Jackson State got some juice, bro. Like like they do like don't do not get it twisted. They are good. I like I know when I read the score, it may you may sound like damn they played some scrub, but that's just a testament to how good K State played. All right, K State won that game seventy nine to what thirty seven. 
that I don't want to do that math, but that's a lot to a little. Okay. But this is still like, yeah, like as I was watching Jackson State, like Jackson State is good defensively. They are, they are a really good defensive team. They made K State uncomfortable because they, because this was one of probably one of the few teams that K State played to where size, their size was pretty much matched up. Like, yes. Like, in, in every single position, there was a guard that's essentially the same height and the same size as them. That's not really often. I think K-State has had to deal with that. Like, because Jackson State, not only did they have one six-foot-six sitter, they had two. <laughs> like, right, it, yeah, like, they yeah, like, they had, they had two. One of which was a former McDonald All-American that went to USC before she transferred to Jackson State. All right. And that, was, and that was really interesting to see because I know this essentially wasn't, uh, wasn't Yoki's best game. I think she finished the game with, uh, I want to say, 12 points. Yeah. yeah, 12 points and five rebounds. Essentially, like, to her, it's like to her, the Yoki that we've seen, it's like, no, not the best game that we've, that we've seen from her. So, and it's, of course, interesting because she's coming back from injury. Obviously, she still has a lot to, you know, get back into. But it's not often that she's had to go against a player who's literally the same size as her. <laughs> right like she's usually the the tallest player on the floor and this time was a little bit different even when the when an old girl was getting in foul trouble guess what another six foot six center coming right off the bench and makes stuff difficult right so i know that's actually this was a really probably good for yoki to get to get like to get this involved with having multiple players at the same size for that she has to go against for however many minutes she was on the floor for the 23 minutes that she was on the floor right Having to having to go up against them, right? And just for K State overall, because like I said, like height for height, this is a team that they matched. Like, they were able to match up against, and they need to be able to know how to deal with that. Yeah, and this might be the first time Aoka Lee has really, really been tested by again someone her own size and someone with her own abilities. Because Aoka Lee is a fantastic basketball player, but the numbers say that. She just had an average game, right? And one of the biggest things that highlights how good Angel Jackson was um, in that center is the fact that Aoka Lee only drew three fouls in this game. And usually we see Aoka at that foul line like 10 times, right? Because guards are so, so much smaller than her that they have to foul her to defend her. And Angel Jackson said, I don't have to do that. And so that was really hard. Um Aokali couldn't really break out of that. She she was locked down, and I have so much respect for Angel Jackson coming in and looking at a player like Aokali and going, you know what, I'm going to take her on. She did a fantastic job of that. Um, but Angel Jackson was really the biggest weapon that Jackson State had because, you know, she had those 12 points. And then other than that, those numbers were pretty low for everyone else. And so Aokali on the flip side did a great job of defending her. And I know even um, some different players, Heavenly Greer, I know had to guard her a little bit. I think even Gisela was on her. So we did a great job of holding her. And then credit to the rest of our defenders, our guards are great defenders. And they held the rest of the team to very, very little points. Absolutely. Because this is still like, this is like defense is the name of the game. What like they have, mm-hmm. what is the gap goats is pretty much the story yeah. of their team now yeah but hearing this hearing the story like if you all ever see a goat with a little jersey on and a couple of golden chains Jeez. around its neck right this is a stuffed goat not a real goat i don't know that might not you know pass the security test or whatever to have a real goat in there but it's a stuffed animal goat with chains and a jersey the thing is looking real fly right 
And it's to highlight their defense because defense is this team's bread and butter, right? Apparently, if they get three stops in a row, they they put they put up the goat. Like if they if they're able to get three stops in a row, they pull up the goat because statistically, if you can if you're able to have three stops in a row at any point in time of the game, pretty much you like you win. Like you like you get the possessions. It limits the possessions really that the offense is able to do. Right. There's some math things and statistics that I honestly don't fully understand, but I just know that clearly it's working. Right. <laughs> or they wouldn't have they wouldn't have gap. Code. The duty, like, it even has its own Instagram. Because like, of yeah. <laughs> No, but like, I mean, I follow the gap code because, yeah, it's like it's working. Like they're like they're putting the clips and now we can highlight, obviously, Jalen Glenn, who once again, I completely advocated to. Why the hell was she not on the you know Big Twelve All Defensive Team last year when she led the conference in steals by like eleven? And but that's like that's a rant that I've been on several times before, and y'all already know y'all already know, all right? Y- y'all know what I'm gonna say, and y'all know how damn ridiculous that was. But you know what? Whatever. But in the past is in the past. This is the future now. She's turned into a real th- like three and D type of threat. She gonna put the clamps on you, and she gonna stand out there on the perimeter and shoot up some shots, and she gonna sink them. Cause that's where you, Sophie, where you mentioned before, she acts different. Like as we know, what type of dog she is defensively, but now she's knocking down threes, and even like, and they, and sometimes she even got that little, that little swag to her that she gonna knock down some shots with like two steps behind the three point line. Like what? Like where is that coming from? Like bro, this is like she on that type of time. Yeah, the leading scorer for this game with 13. And really with uh, that main group of juniors, like they were freshmen and I was freshmen, so I, they kind of hold a special place in my heart. But uh, Jalen, Briley, and Serena all have, I feel like this year is like their breakout year. You know what I mean? They've been starting since they were freshmen, and they were so timid as freshmen. I know you said Serena had so much confidence this year. She didn't really have that last year. And same with Jalen. Um, Jalen has always been our best defensive player, and defense is my thing in basketball and so I just love her to death but seeing her play like this offensively is so exciting because she has that weapon in her pocket and she just needs to shoot the ball I think that's what all of them need they just need the confidence to step back and shoot it and then in Serena's case you know drive the ball in but Jalen and Briley can drive it in we've seen that before too and so yeah just the way that these three are facilitating the offense and creating their own holes creating holes for others they're just they're a package deal right now and they're so much fun to watch and and really they're running this team right now and then we have the other pieces connected in and I just feel like we're we're kind of unbreakable if you know what I mean we're so strong and so close-knit in what we have on our roster though for sure because like like you mentioned it like though like Serena uh Jalen and Bradley Glenn like yo they came up together like they yeah. like they because I it's because it's so I love when you can truly, truly see the progress in a player. You, because we, because honestly, what was one of the first games that we did together was I think they were playing against, I think it might have been West Virginia. We might have done another women's game together. I'm not even sure. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State, it was one of them. It was one of the first games, basketball games that we called together where they would put three players in the paint against Ayoka Lee and they would yeah. dare, they would dare those freshmen to shoot. And they wouldn't. They would try to force it to Aokali. Sometimes it worked. Most of the time it wouldn't. It would end up being a turnover. But it was something throughout the season that ended up still working because they made it to the NCAA tournament, right? But it was at that game where, like, 
they're not shooting. <laughs> they they're they're putting three players in the paint and leaving you right there to shoot the basketball, and they weren't doing it because they did not have the confidence to be able to do it. Right, and now you see them spot up shoot and be like, all right, and you like you can play off me if you want to type of time, and they just gonna shoot it right over you. I'm like, damn. To visually see them being able to do this, to have the confidence to do it right in front of your face. You can put a player on me if you want. You can double team AOK if you want, but then you're going to leave me. You're going to leave Riley. You're going to leave Gabby. You're going to do something that's going to mess show behind up because you thought it was you thought it was sweet out here. And that's not what they're doing. Like, I had to look up real quick at least what Bri- like what Jalen Glenn is shooting from the from three. She's at 40%. She's shooting 40% from three so far this season. 40%. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah, I and this. Like, like, she's had she's had 32 attempts, hit 11, and that, and that goes up to, well, essentially it's 30, 39.6, but I'm rounding up because why right. the hell not? Right? But still, <laughs> 40% from three for someone who's yeah. our best defender. Just, she knows her role. She knows yeah. her role. That's to be a lockup defender, this team's number one defender, and be one of the best three point shooters on the team. Three and D. That's her spot right there. Right. And I'm glad that you said the number of attempts because I don't have the attempts pulled up, but I knew it wasn't like she just shot it five times, right? Like she yep. is taking attempts. So those aren't those aren't just numbers at all. She really is that good. And I'm trying to I'm looking at Briley and Glenn, because like one like one of the Glenn twins are just they they gonna lock you up. <laughs> like 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 I'm trying like to rank it, it's like Obviously, Jalen Glenn, team's best defender. Honestly, everyone's a good defender. I can't even know if I can fully yeah, rate that after her. Because obviously, you have Briley Glenn, who was actually top 10 in steals last year. Then you do have Zayana Walker, who turned out to be the pretty much the primary defender on the Caitlin Clark the first game. Yeah. And again, the second game, like I said, I couldn't really watch that game. So Caitlin Clark had a lot more points, but it's not an easy task to guard Caitlin Clark, you know, twice in a in a week and a half span, right? But you have like you have Zayana Walker. You have Serena Suntel, like who, who's able to like to eat like to eat some blocks that she's getting because she's so damn tall, going up against guards that are smaller than her. And it, everyone's just playing man defense. I know last year and the year before that, like I'd call like their defense. They do a two three zone. I call that a two three zone from hell because it was really <laughs> like, it was really effective because how long they were the wingspan that they got, they was eating up steals. They're able to do that, but now they just straight playing straight man defense. I don't even think they. They barely hit zone at all this season. If they did, I missed it. And if it did, they might have been for like a possession or two. But no, mm-hmm. they have these stats. They're doing what they're doing defensively with these teams shooting 37% from field, 33% from the field, or 10% from field. They're doing that with straight up man defense. Like I like I can't I can't list who's like who's like second, third, fourth, and fifth best defenders because damn it, all of them one through five are gonna lock you up one way or the damn other. Right. And I I love man defense. And this might be a little bit of a hot take. Um, I don't really know. But man defense is my favorite. And I firmly believe that you have to be good to play man defense effectively. And that's how you separate good teams from great teams. Because if your team can play man defense, then that means that you have five players that can defend and not just one or two that are running all around trying to cover your entire zone. So I absolutely love that we're choosing to play a man defense. Obviously, it's effective. And that just means that not only are we a great team defensively, but um, 
our individual players are just strong defenders and why not capitalize on our strengths exactly and of course what and what happens when you get a good defensive possession get to the fast break points and that can lead offensively and I know early even earlier on in the season than we are now K-State has had its offensive struggles every now and again it's it's still there but obviously it's they're still really early in the season we haven't even hit 10 games into the season yeah right but and it's just going to continue to grow because even this game against Jackson State K-State hit 10 threes bro like 10 10 three yeah. like they I don't even remember, I don't even know the last time they've done that it was like it was just it was really cooking bro and once again Jackson State is a good team like like they made it to the NCAA tournament last year they they've prided themselves that they've been able to take down some power five teams within the last couple of years this is this is a team that no one should sleep on they have talent they have players they have d1 talent on their team for like from from the transfer portal it, like they're like they like they they know they know it's not sweet out here they know that's why people need to understand like yo when k-state could put up these kind of numbers against these teams that maybe just looking at the school name you don't think is anything or think they're scrubs they're not and k-state rarely has played any throughout the entire season and they're like and they're going to continue to do that before they start getting to the 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 nitty-gritty when it comes to their actual schedule that's coming up soon I'm not sure who else is going to be on their schedule as far as like a tough team. I'm, I'm looking that up right now. If my computer would go any faster. Also, if I clicked on the right link, because at first I didn't. But, you know, we're just going to sweep that under the rug. But obviously the teams that they played with uh, Wisconsin, another Power 5 team they were able to to beat. And obviously Western Kentucky in that tournament, Northern Carolina. And, yeah, they have like the next big team that I know for sure they're going to be playing up next going to be Missouri. They're gonna play. They're gonna play do in uh in St. Joe, in like uh what shoot next week, <laughs> like yeah like next next weekend. That's like that's another Power Five team that they're gonna go, have to go up against. And Mizzou, they're they're on a pretty good stretch themselves. I think they're like what five and two on the season so far. So <laughs> and I know our producer just sent us a message. He's not a fan of Mizzou. None of us are. But <laughs> but like but that's just how it is. So this is still. This like where this team can be and going into conference play, I'm excited because they still have a great opportunity to really light some teams up, not only for like defensively, but offensively as well. Like we're not even mentioning like Gabby, Gabby Gregory, who was the leading scorer of the day twelve. She hasn't had the strongest numbers so far this season. Like this is uncharacteristic for her because she's still like needing to find her shot. Cause I mean, right now she's shooting like thirty one percent from the field, uh, and then averaging like six points a game. That was these are stats before the uh, Jackson State game where she scored eight points, I believe, right? But this is someone who can still, when she starts to get going, bro, this team is going to average like 80 points. Okay, bro. Yeah, it, we talked about the last time you're on the show, Sophie, uh, Jalissa Sanchez, she's got a beautiful jumper. Like when her shot starts to fall, she was able to get 15 points against North Carolina. When her shot starts to fall consistently because she she's getting good looks. She has a great jumper. If when those starts the ball, this growth, this team is averaging 85 when she gets her shot going. <laughs> if you add that type of defense and that type of offense when you get these two players going, let me let me stop it. Let me let me not get ahead of myself because I'm telling you, they gonna run some stuff, bro. They gonna run it. Yeah, give us Big 12 play already. I'm so excited. I I love this team. I get like oddly attached to certain rosters. And I already know that this might go down as my favorite women's basketball roster in my four years at K-State because I'm just, I'm obsessed with this team. And I just want this season to like continue to go and get deeper into our conference play because 
we're going to run it. We're going to be national talk this year, and uh, we deserve it. Oh, that feels good. Casey, I mean, a national conversation just feels yes. right. And <laughs> that's what we want. We just want the respect. Just put the re- just put some respect on our damn name. That's mm-hmm. all we ask for. And if, and this is the team that's going to get that ball rolling. Then let me just sit back and relax and watch the damn show. All right, but y'all, that's the end of it. I know we got a, we had a lot to go through because there was a lot to talk about. But we appreciate y'all for tuning in. We're gonna be right back probably sometime this week because I have to make up for missing last week because that's on me. That's on me for having a job and stuff. But you know it's whatever because I got y'all. All right, so we're gonna catch y'all then on Run It Back on the Kansas City Sports Network. See y'all then. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.